This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. So that the Jewish people, the Israel, can see how they need to follow in the same path that Jacob followed in his life when he became Israel. He wasn't born Israel. He was born again Israel, but he was born Jacob. And so God starts in the history of Jacob in the beginning. Can't get much earlier than in the womb. And that's where God starts. God starts with Jacob in the womb of his mother, <coughs> who was Rebecca. And God said, about that time when Jacob was in the womb, in verse 3, verse 3, he says, he took his brother by the heel in the womb. Now, Rebekah was pregnant with twins. And Jacob and Esau were inside of her during her pregnancy. And there was such a fight that went on inside of her belly, in her womb, that she went to the Lord about it. It's the only time in Genesis, that we have a history of Rebekah going to God in prayer. It took this. It says in Genesis 25, 22, Genesis 25, 22, the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, two nations are in thy womb. Two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. The one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red all over like a hairy garment, and they, they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel. Boy, that must have been something to see. I don't know if I'd like to see that or not. Sounds pretty bloody. But that's what happened. 
God told Rebecca that in her womb were twins that could not be physically more close to each other. They shared the same womb, but they might be twin brothers. They might even have been identical twins. I don't know, but they could not have been more different from each other as God called them two manner of people. And God used the Hebrew word le'om, le'om for manner of people. It means two communities, two different communities. And so God was telling Rebecca that in her womb were two different peoples. Every person in this world, every person in this room today is a part of one of these two basic groups of people. Just like when the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified, so significant it was that his position was so important that it was called out in Matthew 27, 38, Matthew 27, 38. Then were there two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and another on the left. It could not be more graphic. There were two thieves crucified with the Lord Jesus. One thief is crucified on the right side of the Lord and the other is crucified on the left side of the Lord. Every person in earth, every person in this room today is like one of those two thieves. Both the men were thieves. There was no question about it. They were dirty, rotten sinners that deserved death. As one thief said it so well in Luke 23, 40, Luke 23, 40, he said, one thief said to the other thief, dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. Stipulation, no question. Thieves, sinners, worthy of death, condemnation. All people are represented by these two men crucified with the Lord. Both of these two men were thieves. Both of them had sinned. Both were condemned for their sins. Both have deserved what they got, judgment. That's true of every person on earth. Because the Bible says in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says in Rome 6.23, Rome 6.23, the wages of sin is death. The difference between those two thieves is that one said in Luke 23.39, Luke 23.39, one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him saying, if thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. One of those thieves had no use at all for Christ. He mocked Christ. He mocked him, made fun of him. He didn't believe that Jesus was God and Savior. Oh, far from it. But that was one thief, and that was not true of the other thief. The other thief was just the opposite in Luke 23, 42. Luke 23, 42. He said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said, just to him. Jesus said, not to the other, Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. The other thief called Jesus Lord because he believed Jesus was God. That was the difference. And he asked the Lord, Bring me into your heaven. Bring me into your heaven. Because he believed Jesus was the God of heaven, was the Savior. And the Lord brought that thief to heaven with him that day, whereas the other thief was cast into hell. 
two crucified thieves, equal distance to the Lord. Equal distance to the Lord that day. They both had the same exposure to the Lord. They both had the same opportunity to repent. They both could have received Jesus as God and Savior. One decided to mock Jesus as Lord. One decided to be the he came unto his own and his own received him not. The other decided to worship Jesus as God. The other decided to as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. And those two thieves were like Jacob and Esau. Those two thieves were two manner of people. Those two thieves were members of two opposite communities of people. One community of people mocks Christ and has no use for Jesus as God and Savior. And the other community of people needs Jesus worships Jesus as God and Savior. And just as there was a conflict between those two thieves on the crosses there, those two thieves on Mount Calvary that day were fighting each other. And just as there was that conflict when it says in Luke 23, 40, Luke 23, 40, but the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? So there was a conflict between Jacob and Esau in the womb, two babies in the womb in conflict with each other, a struggle that terrified their mother, Rebecca, during her pregnancy, saying, what is going on? Because these are two communities of people, because Esau was the firstborn. Because he was the firstborn, he had the right to inherit the blessing of his father, Isaac, to do what? Carry on the name of Isaac. Carry on the, 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 the worship that Isaac had for the God of Isaac. Carry on the service that Isaac had for the God of Isaac. Carry on the blessings from the God of Isaac. That was Esau's birthright. But when Esau looked at his right to carry on the worship and the service of God, Esau said, yuck, I don't value it. I don't see that birthright of worship and serving God as any value at all, worthless to me. And when Esau was hungry, he traded that birthright for a bowl of soup in Genesis 25, 29. Genesis 25, 29. Jacob sawed pottage soup, and Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Esau, Edom. Edom, Edom means red. And Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, behold, I am at the point to die. What profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, swear to me this day. And he swore unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Don't you ever like a bowl of lentil soup? That's dangerous. Seriously, whenever you eat a bowl of lentil soup, remember Esau. Remember what he'd exchanged his birthright for. Esau despised his birthright. 
He despised it to take over from his father and lead the father, lead the family name, continuing to worship and serve the God of, J- J- God of Isaac. He despised it. He despised it because he despised God. Just like that one thief wanted nothing to do with worshiping Jesus because that thief despised Jesus and he mocked Jesus, but not Jacob. Jacob saw value in that birthright and he fought with Esau to get it. And he fought with Esau and even lied and deceived deceived to get the blessing of Isaac as the one who would continue Isaac's footsteps in the worship and service of the God of Jacob, uh, God of uh, Isaac, and receive the blessings. And that was a memory. That was a memory that God, the father, had of, uh, of his son, Jacob. And there was another great memory that God the Father had of his son Jacob. And this, 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 and so really, what is God doing there? He says, let's just take a walk down memory lane here. We're taking a walk down memory lane, as he said in Hosea 11.1, Hosea 11.1, when Israel was a child, then I loved him and I called my son out of Egypt. Oh, I remember when he was, I just love walking down memory lane. So God is continuing down memory lane as he remembers Jacob conflicted with his brother, and now his brother had no use for God. But he says, uh, he says in verse three, he says, I remember the time. He says, I remember the time in verse three, he took his brother by the heel in the womb. And now God invites the Jewish people, slowly walk with me. Slowly come with me down memory lane as God remembers when Jacob, it says in verse three, verse three, by his strength, he had power with God. God was referring to the most important night in, the, in Jacob's life, the most important life, when Jacob was scared to death that Esau was coming to slaughter him and his family, and Jacob was left all alone that night. A whole history of that, one of the most important chapters in the Bible is Genesis 32. In Genesis 32, 24, it says, Genesis 22, 32, 24, Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, the man did. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he, says Jacob, he said, let me go for the night, the day breaketh. And he, this is the man, the he said, I will not. Wait a minute, I'm confused. He said, let me go. Oh yeah, still Jacob, sorry. Jacob speaking. He said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, no, wait a minute, I'm all confused here. The man said, let me go for the day breaketh. And Jacob said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. That's it. And he said unto him, what is thy name? Oh, the, the man said to Jacob, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, the man said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God, and with men, and has prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he said, and he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. So Jacob is scared, and he's all alone this night. He's all alone. His, his, his wives are not there. His children is not there. His helpers not there. No one is there. He's all alone. And someone appears, someone very mysterious. Who is this person? 
who appears. He's called a man in Genesis 32, 24. Genesis 32, 24, he's just simply called, there wrestled a man with him. He's kind of like Melchizedek, appears out of nowhere. We don't know his, We don't know where he comes from. We don't know anything about him. All of a sudden, he's there. He says, as a man wrestled it. And we see this man was from Hosea chapter 12, Hosea where we are, Hosea verse 4, Hosea verse 4, Hosea 12, 4 says he had power over the angel. So the man's an angel, okay. But then we see in verse 3 of Hosea 12, Hosea 12, 3, Hosea 12 through, through 12, 3, he had power with God. So this man is God. And, and Jacob uses his own strength all the strength that Jacob had, his own strength, and he put into that wrestling match with that man who was an angel, who was God, who, and it was an all-night wrestling that, eventually, that, made, that resulted in Jacob's thigh going out of being put out of joint. The man, the angel, God, puts Jacob's thigh out of joint. Instantly, the great wrestler, the champion wrestler, Jacob, now becomes a great clinger a trembling clinger who will not let the man, the angel, God go. And God said in verse 4, Hosea 4, Hosea chapter, Hosea chapter 12, verse 4, he says, Jacob had power over the angel and prevailed. And God said in verse 3, Hosea 12, 3, Jacob had power with God. Hosea 12, 3 through 4. Hosea 12, 3 through 4. By his strength, he had power with God. Yea, he had power all over the angel and prevailed. And when we read that, we say, wow, Jacob had power over the angel and prevailed? Wow, Jacob had power with God? Who has power with God? How could Jacob do that? How did Jacob have power with God? What was his secret? Put on the wall with power with God. What was the secret? And God told Israel and God's telling us what Jacob's secret was. God told us what Jacob did to have power with God. In verse 4, in verse 4, Hosea 12, 4, he wept and made supplication unto him. That's it. That's it. That's it. He cried and he prayed. That's his secret to power with God. Tears and prayers. Tears and prayers, and God says, you betcha. Yes, that's how Jacob gained power with God, through tears and prayers, tears and prayers. He didn't start out that night that way. He didn't start out that night with tears. He started out his wrestling match. He didn't start out his wrestling match with tears. Jacob started that wrestling match with self-confidence. A strong man, he says. He sees himself as a strong man, but when Something happened that night, and when Jacob's thigh was put out of joint, everything changed. Jacob's self-confidence went out the window, vanished like a leaf, blown away with the wind, and Jacob became a new man, no longer a wrestling man. He becomes now a crying man. He's a man that's crying. He cries like a baby. He clings like a baby, and when Jacob cried and clung like a baby, God said, he's got power with God. Because when Jacob cried and clung like a baby, that was a critical moment, and that was when Jacob became Israel. A prince with God, a man who has power with God. 
Jacob's tears were more effective than with God than Jacob's wrestling. Jacob's clinging to God was more effective than Jacob's fighting with God. With fighting, Jacob was not effective, but with tears and dependence on God, clinging, Jacob prevailed. And when the morning broke, Jacob came out of that night with a new name, Israel, a new devotion to the God of Israel, a new understanding that that man who wrestled with him was God. He said it. He said it in the name of the place. He said, Peniel, I saw God last night face to face and my life is saved or preserved. And he came out with a new destination from hell to heaven. And he came out with a new purpose in life, a purpose to serve the living God. Everything was new that morning for him. It was for Jacob, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things, behold, all things are become new. After that night, all things were so new for Jacob that he emerged that morning like a new babe, like a newborn babe. 1 Peter 2, 2, 1 Peter 2, 2. As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. That morning when Jacob emerged from that night of having his strength broken, of having his self-confidence broken, of having his independence from God broken, Jacob had experienced what, what, what the Lord Jesus talked about in John 3, 3. John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jacob was born again. Everything was new that night. That was a great change that happened in Jacob's life when Jacob became Israel, a prince with God. And this is what God is wanting to slowly walk the Jewish people through, slowly take a walk with them, with him down memory lane. He wants them to look back and see what it was with God. See, it's prayers, it's tears and prayers and dependence on God that makes a Jacob in Israel. That's what it is, not a name only. So God is trying to get the Jewish people to follow in Jacob's footsteps. Will you walk where he walked? Will you cry like he cried? Will you pray like he prayed? Will you depend on God like he did and then be in Israel with God? Because when a person is humble and crying and praying and relying on God, that person is a prince with God. That person is in Israel with God. And if a person is proud and self-confident and arrogant and independent from God, that person is a Jacob, still a Jacob, not changed. And this is what God wants for his people in Hosea 12. He wants them to see that the order for them to, to, to make their way back to God they got to see what the road is and why are tears and prayers and dependence on God so effective in getting power with God? Because that's who God is. That's who God is. God said about himself in Isaiah 42.3, Isaiah 42.3, one we've been studying in Matthew, a bruised reed shall he not break and the smoking flax shall he not quench. When a person's wholeness is broken like a bruised reed, God said, I won't break it off, but, but I'll nurse that, that broken reed back to strength again. Why? Because God said about himself in Exodus 15, 26, Exodus 15, 26, I am the Lord that healeth thee. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.